Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Thank you for joining us for Everything Under the Sun, the AccuWeather podcast. I'm joined in the studio by Andy Robb, our producer and radio broadcaster. Hello, Regina. Hello, Andy. And also Ken Prell, our director of audio services, is here as well, all geared up in his New Year's. Uh, Happy, New Year. Happy New Year. He's got, wow. he's got his like little hat and he's got his noisemaker over there. And he's like the king of Times Square. He is. He's That's got his, me. He's got his 2018 Move glasses. over, Ryan Seacrest. It's all me. <laughs> I'd, actually, I'd watch that. <laughs> we would be the only ones watching that. Come on, Ken's rocking New Year's Eve. Ooh. It's got yeah. a good sound to it. Yeah. Oh, that would be awesome. So so anyway, this is this is Ken's rocking uh, AccuWeather podcast. And so <laughs> we're going to be talking uh, to who better than Reed Tim our extreme meteorologist and storm chaser. And we thought, you know what, how, how appropriate it would be to bring Reed in to talk to us about his top storms. We asked him for the top three. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'll give you five. And I was like, you know what, I'll take it. Yeah. Well, there, I mean, yeah, well, there's, been, there's yeah. been no shortage of no. significant weather events in the year 2018. It was kind of crazy, it especially was. here at the, uh, the AccuWeather headquarters in State College. I know. Well, we had the debris flows, mudslides out west. We had the wildfires out west, significant. We also had uh, Florence, Hurricane Florence, Hurricane Michael, and uh, some tornado outbreaks. Yeah. So I'm not even sure how Reed was going to break this <laughs> all down, um, but he did. And so we're talking to him coming up. So stay with us. From AccuWeather's Global Headquarters in State College, Pennsylvania, it's everything under the sun. Here's your host, Regina Miller. Well, I'm joined on the phone now by extreme meteorologist storm chaser Reed Timmer. And it's always I'm always so glad, Reed, because I know that you're chasing windstorms in Washington <laughs> State today. And I'm always so glad that you can take a couple of minutes and talk to us. And the crazy thing is, is I, I just saw a tornado damage path yesterday near Fort Orchard. So it's uh, pretty rare for Washington to get tornadoes. They only average about two and a half a year. Uh, but this was actually the strongest tornado in Washington State since 1986. Wow. And what was the uh, category of that? Well, I ended up getting rated in EF2 by the National Weather Service in Seattle. And they estimated winds uh, at about 120 to 130 miles an hour. It's a miracle that, that there weren't more injuries because uh, massive trees were downed across the path. Uh, it almost hit a Walmart as well. That tornado path definitely looked like something that you'd see in Dixie Alley with the very tall trees there and uh, that very sharp swath just cut through the forest. I saw some of the video of it and was amazed that this was a tornado and meteorological winter in Washington was just so unusual. Yeah, just really unusual. Wow. Well, just one unusual situation that you've chased this year. Year. And, you know, uh, at the end of the year here, I thought it would be great to sit down, talk to you on the phone about your uh, top storms that you chased this year. And I don't know if in your mind, because I know they're like kids, you can't pick the one that like stands out in your mind. But is there one that you chased this year that just really stands out? Well, I was thinking more of a top five might even be 
more appropriate because we chased so many different tornadoes, hurricanes, blizzards, uh, flash floods, even debris flows uh, over the last years, uh, all different types of storms uh, for sure in 2018. One of the worst, and uh, I hate to say top, a top five because the storm was so devastating, but it'd be hard not to say Hurricane Michael being one of the worst hurricanes to ever make landfall in the United States. And uh, the damage was just uh, something that was, was devastating to see. And they still have such a long road of recovery ahead down there. We, we, we certainly don't want to forget uh, what happened in the Florida Panhandle because of that huge road of recovery that they still have. There in Mexico Beach and the winds and Panama City, uh, 140 mile an hour sustained winds and riding out that hurricane in my Subaru and keeping it pointed into the wind with a vehicle bouncing up and down and kind of feeling the raw power of uh, one of the strongest storms that this planet is capable of producing was was certainly something that was incredible from a meteorological perspective, but from the human angle was, was very sad to see. Tell me about the days leading up to it when you recognized how catastrophic this could be? Well, the storm definitely intensified very rapidly. The uh, National Hurricane Center was forecasting it to be a relatively minimal hurricane there leading up. And then uh, as we approached landfall and uh, got, got the days before, we realized that this was going to be a different monster. It was a very compact storm. We all converged on Panama City. Uh, the AccuWeather team there, Dexter, Jonathan, uh, Andy Coates, Mike Scantlin, we were all out there covering this storm from uh, several different angles along the coast. And just as it was coming in, you knew it was going to be a historic storm. And sadly, the, the damage that it would leave behind would be catastrophic. And there was nothing that you could do to, to stop it. No. And, you you know, you tell me, because I think often about the logistics of you getting to where you need to be in these storms. And you were talking about being in your Subaru and what was that like? I mean, when you were trying to head in and uh, actually the storm was coming on shore? Well, it was certainly intense. Uh, the winds were very strong. They were up over 140 miles an hour. I knew that being out of the northwestern eyewall, that the storm surge wasn't as much of a concern. Uh, I certainly didn't want to be on the east side of that storm where a deadly wall of water uh, would come in. And as storm chasers and meteorologists, we want to cover the storm and relay those conditions to our viewers in real time. So, they know what's happening along the coast. And if our vehicle is getting swept inland by the storm surge, then we wouldn't be able to accomplish those goals. So, uh, But I also wanted to show the, the true power of this storm. And that's why the northwest Iowa was certainly ideal. And uh, I picked an area where there was not a lot of debris coming upstream. I was always looking upstream to see where that debris would, would happen. And there was a gas station off the right. And we were watching closely the awning there that you know, was nearly lifted off by those 140-mile-an-hour winds. So it was almost like being inside of a massive tornado that lasts about 20 to 30 minutes. Well, I think, too, that the interesting thing for you is, you know, with your extensive education, the idea of being out there storm chasing to see it firsthand is something that so many meteorologists don't get to see. To actually see it play out, you learn so much in the midst of that. Yeah, you certainly do learn a lot being out in the field, but it's very dangerous out there as well with those those conditions and those storms. And uh, that's why you always want to eat those evacuation warnings and uh, seeing the aftermath there in Mexico Beach, Florida, just shows you exactly why you have to take those uh, evacuation warnings so seriously because many of these storms just are not survivable in certain locations. And uh, and that extended well inland as well. There are portions along I-10 there in the Florida Panhandle that had an absolute 
horrible destruction. And then as those storms go inland, uh, the, the flooding becomes a concern, as we saw with, with Hurricane Florence. Well, really, it was sad to see, and I saw you interview one of the women that stayed and how her home really looked like something, uh, like it was turned upside down and set right side up again and parts of the roof coming off. And, you know, I just think about those people, especially during this holiday season. And so, you know, we definitely keep them in our thoughts and we'd appreciated your coverage during that time and do you have what would be um another storm on your list well the uh the, the other storms are more of a, a storm chasing uh, side of things uh, the tornado chasing specifically so the the tornado on may 27 uh, 2018 there that near cheyenne wyoming actually near federal wyoming just to the north of cheyenne where i had to drive on the rim or a flat tire for about 10 miles to catch up to that tornado and uh, sadly, it, it hit some farmhouses there, and I saw cows flying through the air, and that's the first time that I've actually seen, uh, with my own eyes, uh, livestock flying through the air uh, inside a tornado. That's amazing. I, I think I talked to you shortly after that storm, and I was just, you just don't realize that really happens. I remember it was in the movie Twister, and I was like, it really happens that they're like, because anything in its path is going to be picked up. Yeah, that's true, and um, and a lot of times those horses and cattle are penned in by fences, and so when these storms come, they don't have anywhere to go. So a lot of times they're sucked up by the tornadoes, and there's flying debris as well, so you definitely feel for uh, the livestock in those situations but you know thankfully that tornado didn't hurt anybody but uh, came across the damage path there in federal wyoming and there was a man that i came upon he and his two dogs and he had rode out the tornado underneath his stairwell as his home uh, disintegrated around him and i allowed him to take shelter in my rental car uh, he and his two dogs and uh, that's definitely one of the good sides of storm chasing are when you get to, to help out, you know, the recovery efforts uh, very directly like that. I'm sure. So he was on, so was he, that was a first floor that he was on, that he was hiding under the stairs? Yeah, that was the first floor and he got underneath the stairwell and then the roof was lifted off. He lost a few walls as well. And uh, I believe that tornado was rated an EF2. Oh, wow. So you just came upon him as you showed up to the scene, and you said you were already driving on rims. Yeah, I had gotten a flat tire as I was approaching that tornado from the south. The road was pretty nasty. It had all these sharp rocks that were sticking up, and it happened to pop my back left tire. And I had two options. I either could change the tire and then miss the tornado or drive on the rim for a while and then you know punch through the hook that was wrapping around the south side and I was able to get relatively close to that tornado pretty safely. Right, because you're going basically off-roading here, kind of, because you follow it on the road, if I'm correct, and then kind of you're trying to veer off on some of these side dirt roads that probably aren't the greatest. Yeah, you often have to take dirt roads out there, uh, especially in the high plains like that one in eastern Wyoming. Uh, the road network isn't as good as further east in Tornado Alley, like over Kansas and Nebraska and Oklahoma. Uh, those areas are the road network can be uh, a one mile by one mile grid, but up high plains, a lot of times the road network isn't as favorable. Well, um, I'm sure that guy really appreciated your help. When did you, where did you end up taking him to? Well, I ended up taking him to the church, and uh, that was uh, setting that area up at the shelter. Well, I'm sure that's probably one of the most rewarding things that you do is when you get to talk to the people or help the people in whatever way you can in the aftermath. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, usually when you come across the damage, uh, that's the dark side of storm chasing. But getting to help people directly like that, in addition to letting people know in the path of these storms, the kind of conditions that they'll experience, it's um, one of the most rewarding parts of my 
my job here at AccuWeather. I'm sure. Now, what's a, another storm that stands out specifically to you about the past year? Uh, the third one uh, is uh, the Sundance Wyoming hailstorm. And that was a prolific hail-producing supercell. It was a high precipitation storm. And uh, I was in a rental car and decided to sample that hail course. So I drove into it, and there were a ton of baseballs and softballs and uh, blew all my windows out. And uh, it just shows you how strong the updrafts, these uh, rotating thunderstorms that have a mesocyclone, they enhance the updraft so much that they can support hailstones that could be seven or eight inches in diameter. That's amazing. Now, I would suppose you could be killed if you're standing out in that. Yeah, you certainly could be killed. And that's why you got to take all those warnings very seriously, the, the thunderstorm warnings and, um, you know, especially these rotating storms when you get hail baseball or softball size it can certainly be deadly out there or you can easily break a bone or, or, or even worse so when you saw that how wide or like how large an area was the coverage of that well the coverage of the hail swath was probably about two to three miles wide that's where the very large hail was and the storm also had a tornado warning as well so i was trying to gain position to get visual of the tornado passing to my south because it was also wrapped in rain and that hail was concealing my view of the tornado so as i was trying to reposition that's when the, the hail course struck and the hail hail to baseball and softball size started uh, hammering the car and knocked out all the windows usually when you get hail that large there's only a few sporadic stones that that come down but in this case this was a different monster and it had a, a bunch of hailstones a, a barrage of uh, baseballs and softballs coming down. Was that the most you'd ever seen in a storm? It was certainly up there. It was a top two or three hailstorm that I've ever seen. It It reminded me of one on May 5th, 2006 in the southern panhandle near Patricia, Texas. There was a prolific hail-producing supercell very similar to that one. You know, uh, Ken Prell, he was saying to me earlier, ask Reed how many cars, rental cars, he went through this year. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I went through about six uh, rental cars this year, mostly in terms of hail, but also some flash floods as well. And uh, but, but it's mostly the hail. Cars. So that one was probably done for. Oh, yeah, that one was done for. And I brought that one back and returned it. And <laughs> the employees at the rental car company were actually clapping because they had 165 claims, I think, due to hail at the airport. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, what would be next for you? Uh, next is, and, and these aren't in any order, at least beyond Hurricane Michael, but uh, the Johnson Canyon flash flood or debris flow there in southern Utah in the Grand Staircase, just east of Kanab, Utah, so teaming up with flash flood chasing legend David Rankin out there out of Big Water, Utah. He directed me up Johnson Canyon, and I waited for about a half hour for this thing to arrive. You could smell the, the flood coming in advance, and you could hear the roar probably half hour before it arrived as well. And then uh, this massive pile of logs, boulders, and uh, I was able to intercept it several different times down the canyon and even run along the front wall of the debris plug. Those floods can be very dangerous as well in the, uh, in the desert southwest if you camp in those slot canyons. Uh, you certainly want to be careful during during flash flood season. There were a couple of those I know this year, and this was a new thing for you chasing those this year, wasn't it? Yeah, this was a relatively new experience. I had I've chased flash floods before, but I didn't realize the blue flood that some of these floods can have on the front side, especially in the desert southwest, when they come down these creek beds that haven't flooded in a while. Uh, they can have a massive flood of debris, and the way that it happens is the um, debris plug moves slower than the rest of the flood because of the friction with the earth so the runoff behind it has a chance to catch the debris plug and then pile it up to make it more pronounced depending on the slope of the uh, creek bed 
uh, those debris balloons can, can travel really rapidly. So if you have these giant logs, trees, different things, where it almost creates like briefly a dam in some areas so that as it piles up, then when it breaks loose, it breaks loose with more force? Yes, it does. And then when you have enough water behind it, enough mud, that basically turns into a gyre of debris, sticks, logs right in the front that moves along at the front edge of the flash flood. Now, I've seen some of your chasing of these because this was um, a newer thing this year, and I think I saw some video of that. Like, let's say people want to see where they can find that. Where could they find some of that video of you chasing those? Well, they can find these videos on YouTube at the AccuWeather YouTube page, uh, also on the AccuWeather website. Uh, all these videos are, are featured on there, uh, on the AccuWeather video wall underneath the Storm Chasers tab. Uh, they're also available there all different types of storms that we're intercepting, trying to better understand and also uh, warn people that could be impacted by. Right. Increasing the warning time and everything that you're learning, I'm sure, is a top priority in this because it saves lives every time. In general, just increasing the awareness uh, for the impacts that these storms can have, uh, not only flash floods, debris floods, tornadoes, hurricanes, mega floods from a tropical cyclone Florence that stalled out over the Carolinas and uh, dumped rainfall that was measured in feet with um, river flooding lasting weeks even after that. Uh, that would be certainly in the most top five most impactful uh, storms we covered this year. Yeah, it was just a, a very interesting year, multifaceted year in terms of the natural disasters and uh, a very sad year as well with uh, the areas impacted along the Gulf Coast by the, the Hurricane Michael and but also a very fulfilling year, too, by, by warning the people on the path of these bombs. Right, exactly. Um, and I think we, did we do four? Do we have one more here, I think? Yeah, and I, I kind of threw Tropical Cyclone uh, Florence in there. But I have to go with another tornado as well, the uh, Tescott, Kansas tornado uh, there in May, uh, where we intercepted uh, the, that tornado in, dom- in the Dominator 3. And uh, measured winds in excess of 100 miles an hour, and that tornado went on to strengthen into an EF3, and uh, uh, sadly, it did cause quite a bit of damage uh, there across north central Kansas. Uh, but anytime we intercept a storm in our armored vehicles and record data inside, it's always a always a great experience. And uh, with that one, when you were heading in there, um, like what were the logistics? when you were trying to, to get in to cover that one? That storm had undergone a, several cell mergers before it eventually produced a tornado during evening. So we really had to be patient and continue to chase that storm as it evolved, eventually became more of a classic supercell. Then we positioned with our armored vehicle and uh, fired up the hydraulics and dropped the aerodynamic shell flush to the ground. Uh, those harpoons went into the ground as well, which will anchor the vehicle in place. And then we measured winds in excess of 100 miles an hour inside that one. Wow, that's amazing. You know what I need, Reed? I would love to have video of you setting that thing up. <laughs> because that has to be an amazing thing to see, is just how that Dominator gets itself set for those storms. Oh, yeah, it is definitely an intense experience. And in that case, we only had about 10, 15 seconds before the uh, tornadic winds arrive. So, uh, but thankfully the hydraulics can deploy in a matter of seconds. And it's very important to prevent that wind from getting underneath the armored shell or else then the vehicle could easily be lifted off the ground. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we truly appreciate what you do. It's dangerous, but it really informs people. Over time, we understand more and more how storms will act 
how to respond to be safe. And so I'm so glad that you took a little time to sit down and talk to us. Um, Well, you're probably not sitting down. You're probably either driving or running somewhere or getting ready to catch a flight. Um, But we really appreciate the chance to talk to you. Uh, Well, thank you so much for having me. I love my job here at Acuum. Yeah, well, we love having you. So have a great holiday. You too. Never stop chasing. Always a great pleasure to talk to Reed Timmer, and he's off on another flight somewhere. So we'll be hearing from him in 2019. Yeah. So we look forward Hopefully to Hopefully we get him in the studio one of these times. I would like to do that <laughs> because we're always on the phone. Sometimes the connection's not great, but it's always great to talk to him. So it's like, okay, we'll take it. As long as you can call in, yeah. we'll take your call. Just out in the field. It's awesome. So that was actually, I believe, our third appearance from uh, our very own extreme meteorologist, Reed Timmer. So always right. a big thanks to him. Make sure to follow him on Twitter as well and uh, check him out on the AccuWeather Network. Right, exactly. And you know what? We have some of our own uh, 2018 wrap-up stats that you found, Ken. Yeah, I was looking around on AccuWeather.com, and we had an article on uh, Google and what was trending in 2018. And actually, two of the hurricanes, Hurricane Michael and Hurricane Florence, were both in the top five of news searches. I see that. And you know what? Hurricane Florence was number two. Number two. And that was in the United States and also globally. Oh, really? Yes. And then where is Hurricane Florence and Hurricane Michael both came in at four and five on the where is category? Oh, I see that. And you know what's number one, which is funny to me, is where is Villanova University? Well, they made the run uh, during the NCAA uh, basketball championship. Oh, okay. So, so that's everybody why. watching that saying, yes. oh, where's Villanova? <laughs> well, of course, we know where Villanova is being Philly guys. Philadelphia. Yep. And a couple other searches here. Uh, the top songs of 2018. I was kind of surprised. I guess, well, I guess I really shouldn't be surprised that number one was Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah. Because of the movie. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so. Because that uh, my daughter went uh, on Halloween. She was dressed up like uh, Freddie Mercury. Oh, really? And she was like not the only one there. There were several people there really? that were Freddie Mercury's. Yeah, it was huh. huge. It was huge. I know this is one of Andy's favorites. Is number three on the songs list is Baby, Baby Shark. Shark. That is, I heard that at a wedding recently. I'm like, what? It's a wedding song? a wedding. I don't know. Is it for toddlers? Wait, that's what I thought, but apparently not. Apparently, you would think so. Are you go to toddler weddings. <laughs> Come into TLC. <laughs> An all toddler new toddler wedding. Weddings. Toddler weddings. Oh my gosh! No, there was actually adults dancing to it. I was like, "What is this? This is horrible." <laughs> um, so, and I should mention that my daughter, that dressed like Freddie Mercury, is not like five. She is. <laughs> she's in her twenties because I don't want people to think I dress my daughter like Freddie Mercury. <laughs> okay. And then top movies. Uh, okay, Black Panther was number one. Yep. I have not seen that. Um, th- I haven't seen any of these, so maybe I have some movie watching to do while I'm off on uh, Christmas break. The Incredibles 2. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. Yeah, and Deadpool 2. I actually went with this guy to go see Deadpool 2. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. did go see that. Did you yeah. like it? Yeah. I good. didn't. That's not, oh. that's very yeah, underwhelming. Ken, Ken didn't yeah. like it. Yeah. yeah. It, like it was it? Over, overly jokey. Oh, okay. Because you I don't like jokes. <laughs> jokes aren't fun. <laughs> and you can. <laughs> and so, and Deadpool 1, I haven't seen, but I heard it's actually pretty the good. The first Deadpool is fantastic. Okay. So that's the one I need to watch. Uh, so those are our top uh, trending, and you can find top trending information in AccuWeather.com. Yep, right on AccuWeather.com. So that's our tops of 2018. We hope you have a fantastic start to 2019. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. 
Be sure to subscribe to AccuWeather's Everything Under the Sun, giving you the stories behind the weather and so much more. New episodes every Thursday. Just search for AccuWeather on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or visit accuweather.com slash podcast.